This message is from Living Rock Church, and we trust you'll be really equipped, envisioned, and encouraged as you listen today. Thank you very much. Um, This morning, I want to talk um, about the fact that God is good. Um, When... uh, the things we've shared over the past few weeks have been, um, uh, they've been boundary stones. Um, but one of the prefaces that David gave before he started talking about covenant, was the, uh, about marriage, were the things that we needed to know. There were four things, and the first of those was that God is good. And for us, one of the most important things that we could ever know is that God is good. Because it influences everything he does. If we don't know that God is good, then nothing else really makes sense. Um, we, how do you handle all of the other facets of God without knowing that he's good? And with everything that's going on in the world at the minute, God being good is probably one of those things that if you said to certain people, it would really grate on them. How can God be good when we look at things like Paris and what's happened there? When we look at Lebanon and what's happened there? What happened just up the road in, in Ibstock um, with the girl who was murdered? How can God be good in those situations. So it's more important than ever that we know, not just because we say it, but because we really know that God is good. It's a really simple phrase, and it could never be overused, but it's probably one that we try and overuse. (laughs) If you even think this morning, how many times have we said, God is good? It's innumerable. The amount, like, we can't, we wouldn't even be able to count how many times we've said this morning between us, God is good. Amongst Christians across the world, if you were to say to them that God is good, you would probably get, in pretty much any language, you would hear all the time as soon as you say God is good. And and then when you say all the time, they'd say God is good. Because it's just something we know. If you go to Kenya, William has taught all the people there that you say, um, God is good. He says all the time. And then they say, because it's just his nature, wow. (laughs) There are so many things that are incredible about God, but his goodness is astounding. But before we get into this this morning, before I get into into the word, um, there's something that I believe God wants to do this morning. Um, God being good is something that we would always say. And in a lot of situations, it would be very uh, difficult to say otherwise, to be really open and say, I'm not sure that God is actually good because of the amount we say it, because of how fervently we hold on to the truth that God is good and we should. But we've got to be able to be honest with each other. Sometimes we just don't see that God is good because of what's going on right in front of us. Sometimes it's difficult and I appreciate that. And you may know that God is good but there may be certain situations where you just say, I just don't know that God is good in this situation. But God is gracious. He's so wonderful. And you may be in a place where deep down you know God is good, but you're struggling to say it for various reasons. Psalm 60 verse 1 to 4 says, You've rejected us, O God, and broken our defences. You have been angry with us. Now restore to us your favour. You have shaken our land and split it open. Seal the cracks, for the land trembles. You have been very hard on us. 
making us drink wine that sent us reeling. But you have raised a banner for those who fear you, a rallying point in the face of attack. We'll come on to this more soon, but God does not cause our pain or our suffering. But there are people that are feeling like, God, you have been hard on me. You may be feeling like God has caused your pain. There are others here, and you know that God hasn't caused what you're going through, but you're still just struggling. Whatever you feel at the moment, there is a promise in verse 4 of Psalm 60 that says, but you have raised a banner for those that fear you, a rallying point in the face of attack. And there is a banner this morning for you to rally under. And that banner says that God is good. A banner for rallying is not a sign of retreat or surrender. If you come to it and you don't get court-martialed, you don't get told off, but it's raised in the heat of battle for people that are tired and struggling for them to run to so that they can regroup, so that they can turn and get back in the fight. I thought when God told me to do this this morning, he, I, I thought like it would be a really good way to finish. Um, but God told me that this needs to come first. If you're one of those people this morning and you need to know afresh that God is good, you need to come and stand under this banner. We're going to stand together as a body and pray for you. I believe that as you step out in obedience, there will come a fresh revelation of the goodness of God for you. For some of you, it will happen as soon as you step up here. And for others, it will be as we pray. For others, still, it will be as we look at the truth of the word together. And for others, it will be as people bring words of knowledge to undo the lies that the enemy has sown into you. Because the truth is, is that God is good. And any other feeling is a lie. You haven't done anything wrong by falling for that. It's the enemy who lies to you. And I just want you to know this morning that this is not, for you to come up here is not, um, it's not for you to be guilty Job, when he's going through everything that he's going through, um, he never blasphemes God, but there are things that he just does not understand. And in the way he describes what's happening to him, he's saying God is doing these different things to me, and actually he isn't. And I just want you to know this morning that you haven't done anything wrong by struggling. Psalm 142 verse 7 says, Uh, It's David, he's crying out to the Lord, and he says, Bring me out of prison so that I can thank you. The godly will crowd around me, for you are good to me. And this morning, the godly are going to crowd around you because God is good to you. So this morning, if that's you, I just want to ask you to be really bold and just to come out and stand with me for your rallying point this morning. To stand and to know that God is good in every situation. And the godly are going to come and we're going to crowd around you. For those of you who I've spoken to and I've said, could you just wait on the Lord and just ask um, for words of knowledge? If you have them, now would be a good time to bring them. But can the godly just come out and crowd around these people? And we're going to pray for them. Because the banner over them is that God is good. I believe there are people who have not received the full baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't speak in tongues. And you said, why is God not doing this for me? Well, this morning as you come, we're going to pray for you. Not because God is not good, but God's going to fulfill his promise to you. 
be baptised and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's someone here and you've got a pain in your back and you've never asked God to heal it because you think you've got this pain because God's punishing you for something and God wants you to know that he's not punishing you and he wants to heal you today. That's right. There's a a bit in Deuteronomy 7 that says, The Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you are more numerous than other nations, for you are the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you, and he was keeping the oath he had sworn to your ancestors. That is why the Lord rescued you with such a strong hand from the slavery and from the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And I think there, there are some people here that think, Um, I'm small compared to some other people around me, some other nations. I'm a small nation in comparison. And and did God choose me for this? And his word is, yes, I did. I I chose you simply because I love you. And if you need to believe that afresh for yourself this this morning, it means that you're coming to say, actually, I'm not comparing myself with other nations anymore. I accept that God chose me simply because he loves me and he is good. I just believe that um, God is speaking to some here where things have happened to you and you've not understood why. You've been asking why, why, why. And the Lord is saying, I want you to give up the right to understand Mm. what's happened. I want you to give it up. Instead, I want you to resolve in your hearts to trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Mm. That's his answer for you today. Amen. I read um, this verse thinking about this morning. It says the, they began speaking and proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus and um, just felt there, were, there are people who the demands of the Lord Jesus, knowing, knowing things that must change because he's Lord, he really wants you to know those changes are good news. Yes. Everything about Jesus is good news. God is good. If he asks you to change because he's Lord... It'll be good for you. Yes. Don't resist the changes. Can anybody else who was just responding to those words, can you just make sure that you're in with the group here so that you're not on the outside of the godly gathering around you? Everyone, wonderful. Then let's just come and gather around these people. Let's lay our hands on them. The godly are surrounding them because God is good to them. Lord, I just thank you this morning that we are gathered under the the rallying point, the banner, the furthest point back that we're willing to go. It may be past understanding. It may be past knowing what's going on, but we come to this place knowing, God, you are good. God, you are good in every situation. Lord, we say that together, that you are good, God. You are good. And I pray this morning for revelation to come afresh for our eyes to be opened, Lord God. 
that you are good. For those who are going through challenges and difficulty and pain, Father, I thank you that you will work together all things for good. For those who love you and accord according to your purpose. But Lord, I just thank you this morning because you are who you are and who you are is good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just as we move on, I just want to encourage you. Because Mike asked people to respond to the word. And two people that we've prayed for this morning have received baptism in the Holy Spirit and are speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. Praise when God. God speaks. Thank you, Lord. When God's word comes to you, if you'll respond to it, and God's word's about to come to you with great force and great power, yes. if you will respond to it with faith, situations will change. Amen. So I just want to say to you this morning that I want you to be free of any worry or concern. If you didn't come out this morning and you really wished you had, God will still meet to you with you. He will still speak to you. There is still time for you to respond to God's word. So we're going to look at two aspects of God's goodness today. We're going to look at the fact that God in his very nature is good. Who he is is good. And then we're going to look at the fact that God is good in all of his deeds, and Satan is evil in all of his. And we're going to do that, I said in 30 minutes in my notes, but about 20, I think. So, um, God, is good. God being good is one of the most fundamental aspects of God's nature. If he is not good all of the time, in every way, then he would cease to be the God that he has revealed himself to be. He would not be the God that he has promised he is. But we know that he is a God who keeps his promise. That means that he is good. God doing something good is in the first four verses of the Bible. In Genesis 1-4, the first thing God did was good. He said it was good. God saw that the light was good and he separated it from darkness. It's interesting that the first thing God did, the first thing he made that was good, he separated it from something that wasn't. He saw that light was good and he separated it from darkness because the two cannot dwell together. We know God is good because evil, darkness or general badness cannot dwell with good. They have no part at all together. Let's turn to Exodus 33 verse 19. This is the first mention of God uh, in the Bible of God um, being called good in his nature. So up to this point, other people have referred to him doing good things, but nobody has referred to his goodness, that him, he and his very self is good. And it's God here that refers to his goodness. And it's, sorry, let's go back to verse 17. It says, and the Lord said to Moses, this very thing that you have spoken, I will do for you. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know, that, and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim um, before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face, for a man shall not see me and live. Um, And the Lord God said, behold, uh, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And where, while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. 
Then I will take my hand away, and you shall um, see my back, but my face shall not be seen. God here reveals his goodness to Moses. He shows himself to be good in his very nature. He shows all of his goodness to Moses. And it's amazing that God's glory, his face, would have killed Moses. But his goodness was to be seen and held and embraced. He, he was to see God's goodness. It's, it's also really interesting that no man or woman is the one who calls God good in his very nature. It's God himself that defines himself as good. And that's because God defines what is good. It is not up to us to decide what is good. It is not up to us to decide how God is good or why he's good. He is just good because he tells us that he is. When describing God's nature, um, in a book called Discovering God by Roger Aubrey, he describes it um, in a really helpful way. He said, rather than it being a measure of God's goodness, because there are other words that would be potentially better to use, he says it's more like God is a goody. He's a goody rather than a baddie. He's a, he is good just in his very nature. He's good in himself. And I find that really helpful because, you know, great is better than good. Fantastic is better than great. But we're not trying to rank God. We're not trying to set and say this is what, um, this is the level at which God operates. We're trying to describe his very nature. And he himself has said that he is good. It, it's an interesting choice of words to describe himself and and for me I really see the grace in this description because to say God is good in normal life in the goodness of God the the um the good things that we're enjoying is so easy to say oh isn't God wonderful isn't God good God is good and it can be said through a beaming smile and yet saying God is good can be said while choking back tears in the horrible difficulty of life You haven't got to say, God, you're so wonderfully, fantastically, brilliantly amazing. You just have to say, God is good. And I just, I really see, when I was thinking about that, I just really saw the grace in that. For God, for it just to be one very simple, heartfelt word to describe who God is, just to say, God is good, just really shows his grace. And we need to be able to say that. We need to be able to say it in every circumstance, in every difficulty, because it's so important for us that we never fall for a lie, that we never believe anything other than the fact that God is good. The incredible thing about God's goodness is it takes all of his majesty and his greatness, his grandness, all of the things that make God so intimidating in so many ways, and yet his goodness makes us able to be his friend. His goodness is what makes us able to know him because he is this king seated on the throne, glorious in majesty and power, and yet he's our friend because he's good to us. He is so good to us. A.W. Tozer sums it up really well in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. He says, The greatness of God rouses fear within us, but his goodness encourages not to be afraid of him, to fear and to not be afraid. This is the great paradox of faith. God is good in his nature and therefore he is good in all of his deeds. And Satan is evil in all of his. 
The goodness of God is so a part of who he is by nature that it affects all that he does. The same way that when we're full of the Spirit, it overflows from us, is the same way that God is so by nature good that it, it spills over from him. It can't be kept within himself. It has to be the very nature of being good is it has to come out of you. It has to, it has to fall from him. And, in, and, and that's when his goodness becomes tangible. That's when all of his deeds become good and, and you can hold them, you can see them, you can smell them. Psalm 34, 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. The goodness of God is to be tasted and seen. You're not just to take my word for it. You're to experience the goodness of God. Every single thing God does is good. And he loves doing, um, he loves doing good. God loves to be good and he loves to be kind. Isaiah 63 verse 7 says, I will tell of the Lord's unfailing love. I will praise the Lord for all he has done. I will rejoice in his great goodness to Israel, which he has granted according to his mercy and his love. Matthew 7 verse 9 says, You parents... If your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask? And even in all of the good things that we experience, in all of the blessings, in all of the um, provision, in all of the health that we enjoy... They are not the determining factor of whether God is good or not. The promise of his word is that he will work everything together for good for those who love him and accord according to his purpose. That's what it says in Romans 8, 28. But if everything that happened to us was good from the start, then he wouldn't need to work it together for good, would he? If if everything that happened to us was good, then he wouldn't need to work anything together. But yet, we know after you've been a Christian for 10 minutes, the bad things still happen. We still experience the difficulties and the challenges of life. But the first mention of, of somebody calling God good, so not God revealing himself, but just saying that what God has done is good, is in Genesis 50, verse 20. It's Joseph. And he's gone through everything he's gone through. He um, has been put in, he was thrown in a pit. He then was brought out of that pit, sold into slavery, taken to um, a, a, a nice, quite a nice slave house, actually. He was treated well as, as Potiphar's servant. He had rule over everything, and then all goes wrong. Potiphar's wife makes an advance, gets thrown in prison, eventually comes out of prison, is raised up to, um, to interpret a dream for Pharaoh that if he doesn't get right, he's going to get killed. Um, that all works out, but then that dream is that all the land is going to go into famine. So if he doesn't get everything right, loads of people are going to starve and die. And yet he says in chapter 50, verse 20, you intended to harm me, speaking to his brothers who first threw him in the pit all those years ago. But God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. After all Joseph went through, he saw that God intended it for good. And we have the benefit of seeing it as God did. Because we look at the word and and you start reading that story and you know the ending already. You know that it all works together for good. So you're sitting there with a wry smile on your face as you read 
that all these different things are happening to him and, and you're sitting there going, oh, I know how this story ends. I know how this, hap- I know how this ends. God raises up, saves a nation, brings Israel into a time of prosperity and God does great things and then he rescues them. It's just, we get to see it as God saw it, outside of time, outside of witnessing every event one by one. But we must look at our lives in the same way that God does. Sometimes we have to take a step back from the circumstance and know that in the same way that God has worked it out for many, many, hundreds of thousands of millions of his people all over the world throughout all of time, he will work it out for us as well. The plot, the ending to your life um, has been ruined. You've read the last page. The ending will be good. The ending will be good. Your, Your life is not a story of tragedy, but of hope, of change, and of restoration. Your life may not be a fairy tale, but it does have a happy ending. Everything may not be perfect, but the truth is that God will work it all together for good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So we hold this intention, okay? So God does good things. He doesn't do anything bad. He is not evil in any way, shape, or form. But yet, bad things still happen to us. And there are two things that we have to bear in mind that Jesus himself tells us that we must remember. That we live in a fallen world and that Satan is a real person And he is trying to steal and kill and destroy. He will lie to you to try to get you to doubt God, to doubt his goodness, to doubt his word, to doubt yourself. The enemy wants nothing but your absolute destruction. There is nothing good within him. And Jesus, he addresses this. He says in John 8, 44, speaking to the Pharisees, For you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he lies, he is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. The enemy at least has enough integrity to carry on being awful. He cannot do anything other than his nature, which is to lie and be evil. And talking about the world we live in, Jesus says... I have told you this, all of this, so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. John 17, 14 to 16 says, Now I am coming to you. I told them many things while I was with them in this world, so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, and the world hates them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am ask, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from, evil, from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. We have to accept the fact that Christ essentially has told us that bad things will happen to good people because of this world, the fact that there are sinful people living in a sinful world who want to do harm to people, who want only things for themselves. They're not following an according to the word of God, so they will do as they please. And that sometimes will cause us harm. But the difference is, outside of Christ, all of those people, those people who are trapped in their sin, they are victims to this world. But we are no longer victims 
Because in Christ, we are more than conquerors. We are overcomers in the name of Christ Jesus. Bad things happen because we're in this world, but that doesn't change the fact that God is good. And I'm not talking about sickness and disease and poverty, the things that the word, word tells us that we no longer have to suffer. But even if we experience those things, we're still not victims. We're overcomers. We are overcomers, and God is still good. Some things that happen to me, I just have to accept. And I have to say, I'm suffering because there are other people in this world who are doing harm to me. And sometimes I will suffer for the gospel. Sometimes I will suffer because, just because Jesus has told me that I will share in his sufferings and that in this world I will have trouble. But there is a point where we do have to stand up and in the goodness of God we've been given promises. We have to say no, that God is good and his word has promised us something better in certain situations. The goodness of God means that I have promises that I can stand on in the word, that by his stripes I was healed, that he will provide my every need, that if I'm sick I can call on the el- if I do fall sick that I can call on the elders to pray and the prayer of faith will make me well. That's the truth, that's the goodness of God, that we're no longer victims, and we're not just told we're no longer victims, but we're given something to walk out of the, uh, the situation that we need to overcome, the word of God. Yeah. Wonderful, it's such a blessing. Yeah. I've been a Christian for, I think, 11 years now, and I really struggle to remember what I did without Jesus. I really, really, I, I can't even think what I would be doing now. Because the promises of the word have so changed my life. But the truth is, and in the goodness of God, even if my life currently isn't lining up with the word, there are three things that I will not do. First, I will not lower my expectation of the word to line up with my experience. I will stand on the word that tells me that God has paid the price for me and my body or my bank account will line up with the word of God. Secondly, I will never attribute a bad circumstance to God because he's made good come out of it. I will not say that God made me sick to draw me closer to him. That is a lie of the enemy to keep us from living in the fullness that Christ has paid for us. That's really important. It's actually an incredible testimony of how good God is. That God so works things for good that something horrific could actually be attributed to him. Think about it. God can bring such goodness out of such pain, such power out of something so horrible, that people would actually say, God must have caused that. That's how, that is how God works things together for good, to the extent that people would think that. But it's not true. The truth is that I am designed to live in health, prosperity. That is a promise of the word. And finally, I will never be drawn into the lie that the enemy will try to tell me that God is not good. God is good all the time, from his very nature to everything else he does. And that means if something bad is happening to me, it is either Satan or the effects of sin in this world. But in either case, Jesus has overcome them both. We have such a great hope. Sometimes we need to stand like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did. And we need to say, God can do this for me. In some cases, God has already done this for me. 
He has already paid the price for me to be well. And body, you are going to line up with the fact that Jesus has died for me and you are going to listen and these symptoms are going to stop. But Satan, I just want you to know that even if I die, God is still good. And that will never change. That will never change. God is good, whatever is going on in the world around us or whatever happens to us. Our default response must be that God is good. And of course we consider each other when we're applying this. We rejoice with those who rejoice, but we weep with those who are mourning. But as for me, if I'm going through something difficult, I need you to come to me and encourage me with the truth of the word. Because it's truth that sets me free. It's not sympathy. It doesn't mean you don't come with grace, but you come with truth to me. You come to tell me that God is good, even in the most difficult of situations. That's when I need you the most, is when I'm going through those difficult situations. I need you to tell me that God is good, not try and figure out what happened. I just need you to bring me the truth of the word and encourage me. We must never let ourselves or each other doubt that God is good we have to regularly stand with those people who say that they're struggling and pray with them and encourage them with the truth of the word we must be there for each other it was beautiful this morning to see the body ministering to one another I love that every supporting ligament working together the strong standing with those who are weak and saying I will be strong on your behalf and God will strengthen you and you will be strong again beautiful I love that I love to see God move, to baptize people with his Holy Spirit. Fantastic. To set people free from pain and injustice, to people to be set free from lies and being brought into truth. It's wonderful. We have to stand with each other and believe that in all the challenges and trials that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That we will see his goodness now. I just want to finish with this. Psalm 118 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And Psalm 100 verse 4 in the message says, Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him and worship him. It's time for us to become more thankful than we have ever been. It's not to say we're not thankful already in any way, shape, or form. I am so blessed to be part of a church who really do appreciate all that God does for, for, for them. But it's time for us to become even more thankful. We need to remind ourselves of his goodness. And we need to praise him afresh. That's why the, the psalmist says there, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. It doesn't say give thanks to the Lord for all of his good deeds, for all of the things he's done. It says give thanks to the Lord just because he's good and his steadfast love endures forever. You know, it's in this fresh revelation of God's goodness that we will find our praise being more exuberant than it's ever been, that our words will carry more weight and passion than they've ever done. They will not just be words that you're reading off a screen, but they will be the true confession and feeling and belief of your heart and your soul. 
When we are truly thankful what God has already given us and done for us, he is longing and waiting and perched to give us more. Church, we just need to be grateful for all God has done. We need to stand with those who are in difficulty and challenge and pray for them that they see the goodness of the Lord. And beyond anything else, we just need to know truly more than anything else that God is good all the time. Amen. Thanks for listening today. For more information about Living Rock Church and for more great teaching, visit www.livingrockchurch.org.uk.